When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Ugh! I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from Mitza and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? Big media believes you should be told what to think. We disagree. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Is the conservative movement in America at a crossroads of sorts? And how much of a role should Donald Trump have in leading the political right in the United States? I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us on American Viewpoints. Just this past weekend, the Conservative Political Action Conference uh, completed in Orlando, Florida. And that a lot of times is really the kickoff heading into the next election cycle for the Republicans. And I don't think this year was any different, but... Boy, there are some different dynamics. I'm joined now by Professor Hunter Baker. Dr. Baker is with Union University in Tennessee. Hunter, good to talk to you again. And when I say there's a crossroads, and tell me if you disagree, it just seems to me that the conservative movement, and I guess by extension the Republican Party, really kind of has to decide who and what it's going to be because it just seems to me, and again, tell me if you disagree, that we've got a little bit of a back and forth between conservatism and maybe populism on the right. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, when Donald Trump became the nominee in 2016, he accomplished what I would characterize as almost like a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. Um, and what I mean by that is that is that he basically vaulted over anybody who would normally be considered a typical nominee and in so doing, he took the Republicans away from their normal, limited government, free enterprise sort of a message. And that's, that's one that he has, but more in the direction of nationalism, being concerned deeply about trade and immigration. And so, you know, he has, he has definitely moved in the direction of a conservative nationalism that appeals to a blue collar audience in a lot of ways. Um, he still has plenty of white collar support, but that's where the divide is, right? I think that if we were going to say, why did he lose to Joe Biden despite getting 75 million votes? I'd say a lot of it is, is I think that he lost a fair number of white suburban voters that a Republican candidate would normally be able to count upon. Yeah, when you talk about the hostile takeover of the party and using it in those terms, of course, to the really dedicated Trump supporters, they would say, yep, that's draining the swamp. That takeover is exactly why we voted for the guy. So there definitely is an appeal for a lot of people who have been you know, sick of uh, basically ritual political games we get out of Washington, D.C. So I understand the appeal. But what does that mean for the future of not just the party, but the conservative movement in uh, general? Because if you question Donald Trump, the, the penalties are pretty harsh within the ranks of uh, a lot of Republicans right now. Yeah, the thing that I'm having trouble working out is uh, so when he lost the election um, and let me say again, I mean, you have to acknowledge he's basically got the second most votes that any American presidential candidate has ever got. It just happened to be in the same election with Joe Biden. So very successful. However, so upon completing that election, I would have told you 
Donald Trump has changed the future course of the Republican Party. Even if Donald Trump doesn't run again, it's Donald Trump's party. He'll be a kingmaker for years to come. But then you had basically just a series of debacles after the election in which he was kind of a graceless loser and promoted conspiracy theories. And and you sort of had that very bad day at the Capitol, I want to say January 6th. And at that point, I would have told you that I thought that he lost the grip he had on the party. That remains to be seen, right? I understand that he did well at CPAC and he had a lot of support at CPAC, but it's not clear to me that now away from Twitter, away from Facebook, away from the usual channels of influence and and away from power, that he's going to be able to maintain the same hold on Republican voters. I, I wouldn't be surprised if after a time you didn't see people start to drift toward someone who's in the Trump mold, but maybe more of a typical politician like Ron DeSantis in Florida. We're visiting with uh, Professor Hunter Baker. And Hunter, that is leading me to my next question, which is what are the decisions, I guess, collective decisions, if you will, that the conservative movement, maybe the Republican activist base really has to make as far as, okay, who's going to lead us and what is our messaging in the next election next year? And then again, obviously, in 2024, Donald Trump didn't say he's going to run, but he teased it. He hinted at it. And that actually probably puts a pause on any other contenders desire to get out there and start campaigning. Yeah, he's not attractive in the sense that typically you don't want to elect somebody to a single term, right? And he only has one term he can serve. So if he were elected, he would be elected as a lame duck right away. That's not desirable. He may be teasing that he would run again simply to uh, to remain relevant and viable, If he did run again, it would have to be with a vice president where everybody knows that that vice president is going to be the inheritor of the agenda and follow up in the subsequent election. Uh, Don't think that's going to be Mike Pence Uh, (laughs) if he he does that again. So I'm not sure who that would be. Maybe maybe he can try to convince Ron DeSantis of Florida to do it or somebody like that. But that's the question. I think he's just trying to remain relevant. If I had to predict I would predict that he will not run in 2024. Now, that's interesting because I think a lot of people are just banking on it. So it's going to be fascinating to see if you're like. But let me ask you about this. We mentioned the words populism. We mentioned the word conservatism outside of Donald Trump. For instance, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley is pushing for raising the minimum wage and and he's pushing for government to sort of micromanage the Internet and regulate it in the name of fighting bias. These things aren't really conservative. They're much more populist. And Josh Hawley isn't alone in this. So is the conservative movement becoming less conservative? Well, the the Democrats have abandoned large parts of their old coalition, right? I mean, the Democrats used to be, uh, you know, if you go back far enough, a lot of the Democrats used to be pro-life. Ted Mm -hmm. Kennedy was pro-life. Jesse Jackson was pro-life. Al Gore was pro-life. Um, you know, other members of the Kennedy family were pro-life, uh, Sergeant Shriver and his wife, uh, Eunice. Um, <clears throat> and of course, they, they had a very blue-collar worker uh, sort of a coalition. Now, uh, the Democrats are much more motivated by environmentalism and uh, 
you know, human sexuality type type uh, civil rights concerns, things of that nature. That's a different group of people. Um, they have become more elite in their orientation and the Republicans have moved more toward the working class. And Josh Hawley uh, has worked pretty hard to make that transition. Um, so I think that the Republicans, I think they they correctly recognize that economic populism with social conservatism is potentially a pretty big vote getter. And how would that compare to, say, the the I guess in my lifetime, the golden era of Republicans, which I would say was the Ronald Reagan years? Uh, it just seems like a, a different sort of messaging. But maybe that's just the natural evolution of our economy and, and of our body politic. Well, Reagan is Reagan is is sort of the the more successful Goldwater. Right. Uh, yeah. Reagan is Reagan is much more libertarian. Uh, in his economic approach, um, at least in terms of the way he talked about it, uh, you know, and the, the things that the things that he did. Now, I mean, there's a lot of ways in which Trump, uh, advised by Larry Kudlow, did Reagan-esque type things like cutting taxes, uh, cutting the corporate tax, things of that nature. Um, but of course, uh, Trump was much more oriented toward policing the borders than Reagan would have been, um, and certainly less favorable toward free trade uh, than I think Reagan would have uh, would have said he was. So those are the those are the big changes. And, you know, of course, Trump really doesn't talk about a balanced budget at all either. And that was a formerly a major preoccupation of Republicans. Yeah, definitely. Hunter Baker from Uni Union University. And uh, how do we get in touch with you? Maybe social media to follow your observations and any writings you do? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm at Hunter Baker on Twitter and uh, and on Facebook, and uh, I'd love to love to see you there. All right, Hunter, appreciate the perspective on this. Thank you. Well, you got plenty of news and opinion sources to choose from. Obviously, you want liberal, you want conservative. Fine, take your pick. Just change the channel. So, why would some members of Congress want to take some of those choices away? We're talking about that just ahead, right here on American Viewpoints. Getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy, so we don't miss out on what matters. Like that family movie night your daughter can't live without. <coughs> yeah, can't do that. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu. Especially now, no one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. 